competition is heating up for dumbest politician. A Vicwegian crossbencher has just weighed in. <laughs> Perhaps there's a new series of Australia hasn't got talent and nobody told us. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that's up there now. Dude. Meet Rod Barton, taxi driver, grandpappy, and founder of the Vicwegian Transport Matters Party a man who works tirelessly, according to him. So, Big Barto here was one of five crossbenchers to support the new Vicwegian tax on electric cars. You know, the one designed specifically to make we proud sons and daughters of bread stealers to look even more like a king global laughingstock on environmental issues here in Shitsville. That passed in the Vicwegian Upper House last week, and Big Barto couldn't friggin' well shut up about it. Such was the party in his pantaloons. He engaged the uh, PR tools to spruik his spin far and wide. It would therefore be rude and dismissive of us not to oblige. This road user charge is being introduced now because if we wait for much longer, it will become far harder to implement. We are at the perfect moment in the technology cycle. EVs represent only a small fraction of new car sales, but we know the future of transport is electric. We have a small window of time where it is electorally possible to introduce this road user charge. Big Barto. Note that this has nothing to do with doing the right thing environmentally or morally or making the joint better for next generations or for anything of that ilk. When I interpret his statement, he's just saying if we wait for a critical mass of EV owners, they will invite us to fuck off. This decision is based, apparently, therefore, on nothing more than political expediency. And this kind of conduct, so apparently divorced from the common good, makes me sick in a rare moment of candour. Jesus. Like, we know these people don't want it, okay? That's what politicians are saying. We know they don't want it, and that's why we're doing it now, before they have much more of a voice. Politicians, of course, cannot shut up. It's what they do. Barton believes that the provision of 20,000 subsidies for up to $3,000 for new EVs will outweigh any disincentive this road user charge could have. These subsidies are part of a $100 million package by the Vicwegian government to invest in EV infrastructure and uptake. So, they're handing back 60 million bucks to the first 20,000 buyers of cheap EVs, cheap being under 60 grand, and the other 40 million bucks is going non-specifically in investment in infrastructure. Pro tip, dude. The poles and the wires are already in place. You just need to put charges here and there, dude. Like, 
It's not exactly Snowy Hydro revisited, is it? Private companies can do that without your quote-unquote help in the government. And didn't you dudes privatise electricity anyway? Why can't those electron-generating mother-lovers quote-unquote invest in their own mother-loving quote-unquote infrastructure? Like, in small business, we do that all the time. We invest in our fat caves, etc. Like, this is what passes for logic when taxi drivers become shot callers in the dumbest government system ever. They even say throwing a hundred million bucks in this way, just hurling it in this direction, will not disadvantage the poor. An important feature of this bill is that it does not penalise those who continue to drive internal combustion engine vehicles. Lower socioeconomic households and regional Vicwegians will likely not have access to an affordable EV that meets their needs for some time. Without this road user charge, those who cannot afford an EV will foot a growing infrastructure bill for those who can. So let me get this straight, okay? When you take 100 million smackers out of the consolidated revenue and you hand $60 million worth of that straight back to people who are already wealthy enough to buy a new car for 60,000 bucks or up to 60,000 bucks, and then you give the balance like $40 million to big business to quote unquote invest in their own businesses, Dude, how is that not $100 million that is not being spent specifically looking after the socioeconomically disadvantaged in society? This is a zero-sum game. It's not friggin' monopoly money you're spending here. But in this case, of course, I certainly wish it were. Let me put this to you in context, okay? The average car in Schittsville drinks about 11.1 litres of fuel for every 100 kilometres. That's cars, okay? Not including heavy vehicles and all of that stuff. Just passenger vehicles, which is what they call them in the stats. And that car travels about 11,100 kilometres every year. So that's... 1,230 litres of fuel ballpark annually. This data comes from the Australian Bureau of Statistics in a thing called Survey of Motor Vehicle Use for the 12 months ended June 30, 2020. You can download it, it's free. And there's about 50 cents worth of tax on every litre of fuel, okay? So that's about 600 bucks worth of tax on fuel for an average car. And it's not being spent specifically on upkeep for the roads. It's going into consolidated revenue like every other tax. The GST, your income tax, and taxes on booze and ciggies, and registration and stamp duty, etc. All goes in a big bucket, okay? So, if a person buys a $75,000 Kona Electric, they are paying twenty-five grand more than they would for the equivalent petrol Kona. So that's about $2,300 more GST for the Kona Electric versus the petrol one, plus $1,250 more in stamp duty just to get that car on the road, okay? So let's call that about three and a half grand more in taxation just to own the EV up front. So 
That's just shy of six years before the petrol car owner catches up to the EV owner in terms of the tax paid, if you base it on the tax that the petrol owner pays incrementally on fuel. Like six years before they break even. Nobody in power seems to be doing these calculations. It certainly seems to be above Big Bardo here and that other genius, Rob Stokes in... New South Wales. I'll put a link to the report on him just up there because, as I see it, he wants us all to go back to the 12th century because cars are bad. They enslave us. More in the link. Instead, there seems to be just this indefensible spin campaign, a war of sorts being waged now, whipping up the default elephant in the room, the moron in the public, with the notion that these people driving EVs are getting away with using the roads for free, which is just such emphatic spin doctorial bullshit. But you have to have an actual attention span to realise this, of course. You have to crunch the numbers and you have to have basic analytic ability. But if you could do that, you'd probably engage the public together with leading scientists and engineers and other technical experts about exactly how to engineer the best future for Australians in this and so many other respects. I mean, it's not the same thing when you just consult big business and make a call based on what some fucking lobby group tells you to do. Instead, the electorate, and that would be you and me, we get this. What Rod believes. Rod is a great believer of public transport and says this is the key to dealing with Melbourne's ever-increasing traffic congestion. Second prize, of course, meet Rod twice. Yes. I do hate it when the education system leaves anyone behind. Surely do. This, in my view, is yet another sad indictment of the people we elect to make big decisions for the future. First up, there is no believer of. Let us not be saying that. Let us believe in or not believe in, whatever. But also, let us not detain ourselves believing needlessly in things that simply exist. When something exists, belief in it is kind of redundant. There's no need to believe in the sun or the Pacific Ocean or Mount Everest or breast augmentation or public transport. These things exist. They are ontologically objective. Belief in them really is superfluous, dude. You can support public transport infrastructure reform or development or whatever or not, but if you don't believe in or of public transport, you are simply insane, disconnected from reality. This belief is like number one with a bullet on Minister B Squared's What Rod Believes hit parade. I didn't make this up. He believes of public transport. So well done, dude. No word yet, of course, on how the nation becoming an environmental laughingstock slash pariah helps 
and in that respect. Perhaps if we tipped some more revenue into public transport, like just a suggestion, dude, that would also help the poor, of course. The government's incentive package was introduced to outweigh any disincentive effect the EV road user charge could have in the short term. This bill is looking to solve future problems and provide a sustainable revenue to maintain our infrastructure needs. Here's some more inconvenient facts, right? There are currently only about 6,000 EVs on Vicwegia's roads. That's according to a Cars Guide report on this earlier in the year. All those people, 6,000 of them, have already paid tax well over the odds and they prepaid. Like they paid up front six years in advance, more or less, okay? There are 4 million passenger vehicles in Vicwegia. That's according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics mentioned earlier. That's 15 EVs for every 10,000 passenger vehicles on Vicwegian roads. Even if you add this pathetic 20,000 incentivized EV sales, the proportion would still be less than 1%. And I'd suggest that's hardly a critical mass. It's not even close. I'd suggest it's a fucking joke. And yet, if your intention is to make Australia look like fucking joke on the world stage. Well done, dude. Mission accomplished. One of the main reasons EV ownership is not higher in Australia is we have no federal government corporate average fuel consumption type regulations like they do in the US and the EU. With production slash supply of EVs so limited, they go first to markets overseas where the regulations mandate the supply. We get the dregs at best, or we don't get it at all. Why do you think it took Kia three long years to bring the Nero to Australia. It wasn't because they didn't want it when it was available. This is all us becoming an environmental laughing stock. We're not actually becoming it. We are an environmental laughing stock compared with the rest of the developed world. It's fucking disgraceful. Finally, I would truly love someone in government to sit down and explain to me in words not exceeding three syllables how the roads are different to things like health, to the police, the court system, to basic education, defence of the nation, border security, biosecurity, pandemic preparedness and all of the other responsibilities we entrust elected officials to get done for us in the public interest. Imagine if user pays was adopted by the cops. Like, if you get burgled and stabbed and robbed, perhaps you should pay more for the use of the police and the hospital and the court system than someone who does not. That would be fair, wouldn't it? Surely the sick should cop a user pays levy for the public hospital system by virtue of their burden upon it. Why should this fall asymmetrically to the healthy, I ask you? Surely the accused should have to pay for their imposition upon the court system too. Perhaps we could even weigh people's garbage at local government level and charge for collection on a per kilo basis so that hoarders among us are not unfairly penalised. Like, dude, hoarders are people too. Roads are a critical piece of economic and strategic infrastructure for any developed nation. What nobody in government at any level is telling you, what they simply will not admit, is that the motorist is a tremendous cash cow. Like, 
disproportionately so. This is at every level of government, from the local governments charging you through the neck just to park your car, to state governments doing dirty deals under the table for toll roads, infesting the roads with speed cameras and overzealous revenue collecting thugs, and the federal government clipping the GST and other tickets every time you buy anything for your car, from new tyres to insurance and fuel, a bull bar, roof rack, whatever, rooftop tent, dingo piss creek, camping permit, <laughs> whatever. The most inequitable thing about owning a car is the amount all of us already pay, including EV owners, compared with the ridiculously small proportion of that revenue that is reinvested in the actual infrastructure we drive upon, the roads. Taxing EVs per kilometre is a globally humiliating sideshow at best. It will do absolutely no good for decades to come. If you want to be fair about it, just remove the burden of registration and stamp duty, get rid of fuel excise and all other motoring-specific taxes. Just figure out how much revenue the road system actually needs to generate to be maintained and contribute otherwise to society and then divide it by the tonnes and the kilometres every vehicle drives and put a GPS friggin' data logger in every car. Send every motorist a bill quarterly for their usage if that's how you want to roll. Don't get down on your knees for the trucking lobby or taxis, whatever. That would be quite unfair, like, kind of like the status quo. Just pay Google to administer this via Google Maps. They already stalk you, I mean log everywhere your phone goes, so how hard can this really be? Like, I would support that if all the revenue generated went back into the roads and related services. Talk about making Australia less shit. We would be a leader globally on equitable taxation reform there, and not a joke with a crossbench taxi driver calling the shots.